hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of You Wanna Watch, a podcast where I'll tell you whether or not that movie you're considering watching is worth it. My name is Gabby, and this is my podcast. I'm starting this because it wasn't enough for me to just have a Letterboxd account and a Twitter. I also needed to level up into the next forum to be loud about my movie opinions, so I figured, why not start a podcast? It's what every 20-year-old is doing with too much time on their hands. Start a podcast. I hope you too can relate in wanting everyone to know what you thought about something so much that you do hours worth of research and start a blog or a podcast or just be loud about your opinions on the internet. As I said, this is the first episode of this podcast, so I am still trying to work out a little how best to go about talking about movies which order I think is the most effective, so I hope you will bear with me for this very first episode. I picked something I'm very passionate about to talk about first, just so that we can kick it off on the right note. I want you all to understand how my brain works and how I feel about certain movies, so we're going to start off with a bang, and I know you know from the title that we are going to start with The Goldfinch. It's a movie I saw four times in theaters. It's a movie that's inspired my entire winter wardrobe. It's a movie that still feels the most controversial to me of 2019 and controversial in the sense that literally everyone hated it but me and about four other people. So that's what we've got to work with. It's not a movie that many people liked. It has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. And that's just... It hurts my heart for that to have that low of a score that critics hated it so much that it was only in theaters for about two weeks. People really didn't even get the chance to see it as soon as these reviews started coming out. But before we get too deep into that, let's just start with some background in case you don't know what The Goldfinch is. So The Goldfinch is a movie that's a film adaptation of a novel by author Donna Tartt. It won the Pulitzer Prize in 2014 and spent weeks and weeks on top of the New York Times bestseller list. So it's a book that many people have read and have some familiarity to. I hadn't until I saw the trailers for the first time. And just to say the trailers for this movie are incredible. They really got me excited. And the trailers are why I decided to pick up The Goldfinch and read it. And I read the whole 700 plus page book in the span of five days. It was a lot to take in. That book is what we get into is a lot. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of big words. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of sadness. You're in Theo, our main character's head the entire time. And so sort of reading through him, it does get to be a lot. And so I guess already to say I understand that if that's your complaint about the book or the movie, if it's Theo, trust me, I get it. I really do get it. But so the book is about Theo. Um, He's around 13 when him and his mother are at the Met in New York and there's a bomb that goes off that kills his mother. And while he's in the Met, he ends up taking this painting called The Goldfinch And this theft that he does when he's 13 is, and the death of his mother is just the first sort of tragedy in his life that then continues 
and we get to see how these events affect him throughout the rest of his life. You see him both as a child and then as he's growing up from 13 on through to when he's about 24. I get kind of confused about the timeline throughout the novel, but I'm, it's around that and that's as close as you need to understand what this movie's about. The cast for this movie, I really enjoyed. Um, we've got Ansel Elgort, who plays adult Theo, and Oakes Feigley, who plays the younger version of him. There's Ben Wolfhard, who plays a young version of one of Theo's friends, and Anarin Bernard, who plays the older version. You've got Nicole Kidman, Jeffrey Wright, Sarah Paulson, Luke Wilson, Dennis O'Hare. Lots of big enough names that I thought maybe more people would be interested in this movie just based off of some of the cast alone. Like people go out to see Nicole Kidman movies. Why didn't any y'all come out to see this Nicole Kidman movie? Okay. I just want to know. I just want some answers. I just want to know why nobody came out to see the Goldfinch. Nobody liked the Goldfinch. Somebody explain. This movie is directed by John Crowley with cinematography by Roger Deakins and Roger Deakins is an incredible cinematographer if you've ever thought a movie looked pretty if you just thought I don't know anything what this movie's about but it's pretty it might have been Roger Deakins he won the Oscar for Blade Runner 2049 he did Prisoners he's done Skyfall one of the Bond movies he's just his movies are very pretty so at least right off the bat, that's what the Goldfinch has going for it. Even if you think it's boring, even if you think the writing's bad, anything else you might think negative about it, you can't say that it's not pretty. And that's something to enjoy. One big reason why I think this movie it's worth watching is because it's pretty. It's that simple. Another big reason why I really enjoyed this movie and I think it's worth giving it a shot is because of the cast and the acting. Oakes Feigley does this really incredible job as young Theo of displaying all of the emotions and the trauma that Theo has gone through. And he has these mannerisms that he uses that Ansel Elgort picks up on and and it's really enjoyable to watch because it truly does feel like it's just an older version of this same character. The way you want it to feel, it doesn't really give you this idea that these are two separate, complete people. You would think that these really could be the exact same person. I also felt the same way about Finn Wolfhard and Honor and Bernard, who played the younger and older version of Boris, uh, respectively. Boris is someone who Theo meets when he has to move to Vegas to live with his father. And Boris is was definitely one of my favorite characters in the book. He is this Ukrainian immigrant by way of a bunch of other different European cities. And so the accent that Finn Wolfhard does is pretty comical. It's kind of, do I know if it's good? Like, I don't know if I thought it was good, but I did think that it really did fit the character and fit who Boris was and what he means to Theo and that sort of relationship that goes on that when you hear Anurin speak about how he feels about that relationship, there is that sense of love that he thinks that Boris feels for Theo and Theo 
feels in return, even though John Crowley, as a director, said that he did not write that relationship or direct. He didn't write or direct that relationship to be romantic, but it's up to interpretation. I interpret it as being romantic. I really did think that Theo and Boris had this sort of special connection. And I think both Ansel Elgort and Anna and Bernard played it to be that way. Um, So John Crowley can't tell me what to do. So some of the main reasons I really enjoyed this movie were the cinematography, the acting, and also just the feeling that it gave me. And I know that's it's feeling, not fact, but it really just did leave me feeling affected. And I think that's a good sign of whether a movie has done its job or not, as if you walk out feeling the way that it seemed to be intended. Like this movie wanted me to feel the emotion it wanted me to sort of go along this journey with Theo and Boris and every other character in there and I think that it was really effective in doing that that being said just because it is a movie that I love does not mean that it was entirely perfect there are some things that I wish had been done differently number one being the editing it's something that gets pointed out a lot in different critic reviews is that the editing is just a mess and I actually think that's a pretty fair statement as mean as it kind of sounds the book is sort of split between Theo's time in New York right after the bombing and then he moves to Vegas when his father comes back into his life and is attempting to be that parental figure spoiler alert it's it does not work out well but I digress but so you go from New York and straight into Vegas and then you spend this time in Vegas which is where we first meet Boris and there's lots of things that happen that then set up how adult Theo is going to go about his life and there's something to me that is so special about the Vegas chapters in the book that the way in the movie that it's split up is you get the first set of Theo having to move to Vegas and then it jumps to adult Theo and then we go back and finish out the Vegas chapters. I definitely think that section of the movie would have benefited from being kept together during that whole time we were in Vegas. I think you really would have been able to appreciate Ben Wolfhard and Oaks Feigley's performances that much better just because there's no sort of separation. You're seeing it exactly sort of how it's been playing out in real time. This is how their friendship's growing. This is how it's going to sort of go from beginning to end before Theo's life continues to move on. I really just think that the movie would have benefited from it staying the way it was in the book. One other editing pacing problem I had with the movie um, is towards the end, Theo is in Amsterdam and there in the in the book, that section kind of seems to drag. That was a complaint I had when reading the book is I just felt like that section of the book just dragged on and on for slightly too long which is funny because I had the exact opposite complaint about it in the movie is that the Amsterdam scenes in the movie are so rushed that it's supposed to be sort of this really like high filled tension 
you're not sure what's going to happen. You don't know if the plan is going to work that they're trying to execute. And in the movie, it just kind of, it works with almost like no consequence, no problem. And I really wish almost that I, it was a little bit more drawn out in the way I hadn't wanted it in the book. Um, But I think the scenes still are effective. I just think they are rushed a bit just because this is such a long, long book that you're trying to condense into just two and a half hours. And I really think that this movie probably would have benefited from being three hours, especially since people didn't like it anyway. Like, I don't think they uh, you would have minded it being three hours if that meant the story could have been told better. Even with those sort of complaints that I had about the movie, I really do think that it is worth giving it a watch. I do wish that more people had sort of given it a chance and not gone straight off of seeing it have such a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes just because I don't think that that 24% tells you how quote-unquote bad the movie is. I don't think that it's a a 24% rated movie like that's a really low f i don't think this movie is a really low f but these low ratings did allow the internet to have a bit of fun Uh, both ansel elgort fans and ansel elgort himself (laughs) kind of turned them into like memes and had lots of different posts and stuff to say about how truly bad people said this movie was I think a lot of people actually only knew about the movie because of the jokes all over the internet, especially after uh, the first weekend release where it had one of the worst box office openings like since 2006, like in the past 13 years, it had one of the worst box off openings. And Ansel Elgort posted this video to his Instagram of just like all of the bad reviews and like tweets about the bad reviews set to this song and it was so comical just the way he handled it I just I thought it was really really truly hilarious um and then he posted this like real this message that was saying like I really appreciate all these critics like giving their reviews and their good reviews but I just think that they didn't give this movie a chance essentially and and I agree with that I think people were just bored and they immediately decided that that meant the movie was bad when just because there's not a lot of action scenes there's not a lot of one-liners that are meant to make you laugh I don't think that innately makes a movie bad so if you're thinking you want to watch The Goldfinch my answer is yes I really loved the movie I'll get into an argument with anyone about this movie. So give it a watch and then let me know what you thought. Let's argue about it. Or you can tell me how much you loved it and you can join me and Twitter user Iana Murray and a very, very small group of people who really, really enjoyed this movie. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Wanna Watch. You can find me on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as on Twitter at YWWPod and Instagram at You Wanna Watch.